Welcome, everyone, to Dinging Corners 2.0, the second episode. And we are here. I promised you last week that we would have a host. And we are here with our co-host of Dinging Corners 2.0. And that is Jimbo from the Kentucky Roadshow. Jimbo uh, is a big breaker, big baseball guy. And um, excited to have him on. We're going to... Uh, Get to know his backstory a little bit so you can understand why I brought him on here and why he is now the co-host of Dang and Corners. Um, and then we will get into a little Top Series 1 review today. So uh, first and foremost, welcome, Jimbo. Hey, Nate. What's on. up? How you doing, dude? Good, 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 good. Uh, long couple of days flying down to L.A. and then flying back from L.A. Tuesday, Wednesday. But Happy to be here on a Thursday morning recording this with you. Um, so Jimbo, um, for those of you that don't know him, works at Kentucky Roadshow. And uh, he has an interesting backstory. We're around the same age, but we have not had the same life experiences <laughs> because he has actually gotten to do a dream of mine, and that is work with Major League, Minor League baseball teams. Um, so Jimbo... Why don't you give us the uh, the just the backstory on you know how that got started and um, who you've worked with and and if you want to name drop a player or two, <laughs> go ahead on that also. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I want to first start off saying thank you for having me here. I am a huge huge fan of um, you know of slab stocks, ding corners. I've been listening for a long time, so it's it's kind of full circle here, and super excited to be able to talk baseball on a weekly basis and uh, talk some prospects and all that good stuff. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, a little backstory for me. Um, you know, I'm, I'm Jimbo Reyes at the road show, Kentucky road show. I I'm with the team there. Um, I joined uh, last year for that. Uh, but before that, I'll give you a little, um, you know, short spin of what I did uh, when I was younger. So when I was younger, I actually started off as a bat boy, for the Toledo Mudhens, the AAA team for the uh, the Detroit Tigers. Um, I forget how, how young I was. I was probably 12, 13 years old. Um, and, you know, I was a bat boy there. And their bat boys are a little bit different. You know, you see them at the, at the stadiums and they're just sitting there chewing gum, usually having a good old time, chewing seeds. Um, but for the down in AAA, you have to maximize every person you have down on the minor. So, you know, I would be there for 12 to 14 hours a day, 10 days in a row, um, doing stuff in the clubhouse. So that's really how I started. Um, and it was funny because, you know, it was, it was paid by game, not hourly. So it was, it was, uh, you know, at a young age like that, because they, we were only allowed to work so many hours. So they did it by game. So we could work the 12 to 14 hours, 10 days a week, uh, for a homestand. Um, but that's how I started. I worked my way up to clubhouse uh, within a couple of weeks, actually. Uh, kind of perfect timing with a lot of different things where I got out of doing the bat boy and I was I started managing inside the clubhouse with the players, doing everything you could think of, um, laundry, uh, clothes, you know, food, all of that, uh, and and just got to hang out with the players. Um, you know, I'm an avid, I was an avid baseball fan, still am, but going into it, it was like, holy smokes. I remember when I first walked in, all these childhood heroes are in there and it was a really cool aspect of that. 
Um, but I got in there, worked my way up. Um, we had, you know, Detroit Tigers was a very Latin based team down in the minors with prospects. They had a very strong Venezuelan base, um, overseas getting young prospects. A lot of young pitchers was really their, uh, you know, their bread and butter at the time. Um, and worked my way in there, saw that, you know, there was a lot of disconnect with the, with the Latin players being able to do, you know, just daily things that we, you know, that you wouldn't think of, you know, they're, we see them on TV. We see them on all that, where we just think, Oh, you know, they're these, these athletes, they have everything, you know, they can do everything, you know, they're all set, but down in the minors, they don't have the little things like they can't drive. They, you know, when they go to a restaurant, they're not really sure how to order because they don't speak English or go to the laundry, go to the grocery store. So I saw that disconnect and I started helping them out. I, I actually, the first, I remember we all went out to eat one day after a game and uh, a bunch of the players. And I remember walking out and, and I was like, what are you guys, what are you guys doing? Um, like, do you guys need a ride? And this was when I was, I got older uh, when I was driving, I had a minivan actually, which I absolutely loved had a minivan took all the seats out because I would literally have like eight to 10 people players in my, in my van. Cause I saw them walking back home to their apartments. I was like, nah, jump in. I got you guys. I'll drive you, drive you, drive you home. No worries. And they all started giving me like $20 bills. Like let's say eight to 10 of them. You know, I'm, I'm 16 years old in high school and they're like, and I'm like, no, you don't have to dude. It's on my way home. They're like, no, I, we would pay a taxi anyways. We'll take care of you. They used to call me Yimmy. Yimmy, Yimmy on, Yimmy, Yimmy Neutron. Um, <laughs> Yimmy fun- Neutron. <laughs> I got funny, funny stories about the, that later on. But so that's kind of how it all started. Became good friends with them. Uh, you know, I, and then I was like, hey, how are you guys getting to the stadium? And they were like, you know, we buy a taxi. Like we get a taxi. I'm like, no, I'll pick you up. I'll pick all you guys up. And that became a thing where, but it was like friends. Like it, it was just like any, that's the biggest takeaway I had was, you start to not realize that they're athletes. They're just human beings. And I got to just helping them with little stuff from uh, grocery store, going to get shoes, going to the mall. So it kind of evolved into that as a baseball guy myself, I played baseball where they used to, they used to like, I, I would see them in the batting cage. I'm like, Hey, do you want me to throw to you? Cause they were, you know, maybe they're waiting for, you know, they're the, for someone to throw to them. And they're like, yeah, give me jump in. And oh man, my boss hated that because he was like, we gotta, he didn't want the clubhouse guys to like really in it, like mingle too much with the players. Um, but for me, I was just like, oh, I see someone like me just being Jimbo, but like, hey, I want to help you out. Not even thinking of it, you know, not even trying to get tips or anything like that. I was just like, I'm just going to help them out. Just throwing a baseball. Like there's no harm in that. And then the players started to, uh, they were like requesting me to throw to them all the time. So like, like literally like throw into them um, and kind of became like, you know, like how people have like their BP, the guys that they like a certain person to throw to them. Cause I knew what they liked cause I could understand them speaking Spanish with them. And uh, you know, that evolved and, you know, down in the AAA, you know, they get called up and down, helping them with apartments, buying them cars, Avisel Garcia helped him <laughs> out with buying a Dodge Durango in Toledo, Ohio. Former brewer for anybody who's wondering. Former brewer for sure. Um, so like little stuff like that, even going to um Hernan Perez, like he had a kid and I was there helping him out with with also a former brewer for anybody who's interested. <laughs> helping him out with getting birth certificates, social security, all that. It's like helping and I was 16 years old. I didn't know how to do any of this myself. 
And I remember my my parents like I never told my parents any of this. And then I told them afterwards, like, how do you know how to do that? And I was like, I didn't. But they didn't know I didn't know. So I just figured it out. And that's that's great life experience because you were figuring out things at 16 that most people in their 20s are having to figure out on their own. And now in your 20s, you already know it all. Yeah, it was fun, man. Like, honestly, I missed it because I'd be Googling, um, you know, quick little. Oh, oh, man, I got it brings back good memories. But I remember when I first like we went up to Detroit, I got uh, took them up to Detroit because one of them got called up. It took me like three hours to get there. And then because I got lost, this was before Apple Maps and all this. You know, I was literally printing them all off uh, Google Maps mm-hmm. and printing them off the sheet. And then later, like two years later, they're like, they're like, Yimmy, how come we got here in an hour? Usually it takes three hours. And then I told them the story. I was like, honestly, guys, I was lost when I was younger. No idea where I was going, but now I know where I'm going. And, you know, we just had good laughs about stuff like that. Um, but I just never I like always told myself, just don't act like just act like, you know, what you're doing and it'll, it'll all work out. Um, but sorry, I'm rambling. Cause I like, there's so many fun stories with, I think, I think what we'll have to do is every week we'll start off with a Jimbo story. Oh, I would love that. Cause yeah, it brings back, brings back the good old times. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of how it started. These guys start getting called up, you know, I start going with them up to the majors and the, the Latin base uh, in baseball is very, it's a close community where even if they're on any opposing team, if you're from Venezuela, from the, you know, Dominican, and you're from the same area, you grew up playing with each other in different leagues. So like the away teams, they, we like, they would all get together at night, you know, or stay at that, stay at each other's apartments or houses or whatever, whatever it is. A lot of times they, um, if they come into town, like they'll make them food for the opposing players. Like I remember, like I got to try all these really cool foods from all these different countries because, um, you know, like even like Yadi Molina is one that pops in my head first. Felix Hernandez was a good friend with uh, with Miggy and all the Venezuelan guys uh, with Detroit. So that's kind of how it started. Got got called up with them. Um, was also good friends with Phil Nevin and AAA. Um, helped him out with a lot of stuff uh, as well. And he so to kind of to kind of go into how everything um works as a group where you know he was he was still managing in triple a and i was kind of going up to majors down to triple a back and forth because i was kind of doing two jobs because i was still was working for the mud hens but then i started being asked to work up in, in detroit with the tigers and um just kind of worked my way in and you know my baseball I'm always was always very curious. So I was, you know, became good friends with the video guys. So I learned a lot of analytics. I learned how to watch video. I learned all of that stuff where I've always loved baseball and I've always analyzed it, but seen it in a different view. And when you're younger, I don't know, you pick up on it quicker. And I felt like I was just asking questions like no other. And then I started just sitting there and listening to conversations. And then when I was out with these guys at night, like just talking about certain things and I would just, you know, Hey, this is what I saw. And they're like, what? I was like, yeah, I'll show you tomorrow. And then it kind of worked into that. And they're like, Jimbo, what you, that actually, that helps a lot. And I'm like, Oh, well, I didn't, I mean, you know, when you're younger, you you don't know that you don't like you, you might know something, but you don't really realize that it might be valuable of some kind of, so that's kind of how it worked. And I brought value in, in a different way 
to these guys, but really just being a good friend. And they trusted me. I trusted them uh, that, you know, it became like, like a brotherhood uh, being good friends with a lot of these guys. Um, but I was in spring training in 2014 and Phil Nevin uh, went over to the Diamondbacks. He took a triple A job. Uh, he was the manager out there in Reno and he called me one day. I remember, I remember the day he called me. He's like, Jimbo, you're coming, you're coming to the Diamondbacks. I was like, what? I was like, nah, dude. <laughs> He's like, no, you're coming. I got you. I got you a gig. And I was like, all right, whatever. So I ended up going over to the Diamondbacks. Uh, I flew out there the next morning um, and got to, to got to go out there and uh, started. You know, they had like this new position they were starting with uh, the minor leaguers, where they had like a traveling travel secretary type um, clubhouse slash you know, potentially like coach, like they, they, they were creating something new. Diamondbacks were very innovative um, on different things, com especially compared to the Tigers because Tigers were old school. So when I was with the Diamondbacks, you know, they came in with this position like, Hey, we don't really know what it's going to be, but we, we want you to, to do it. And I was like, all right, I was 20 years old. Granted. I didn't even tell my parents where I, that I flew out there and came back and like, I remember telling them like two weeks later, um, they were like, what? Um, but that's a different story. But started working with the the Diamondbacks. We were like, hey, they're this position, we're going to put you on the coaching staff. So I'm part, I'm a part of the um, Players Association, you know, pension, all that. And I remember like reading through like this paperwork and I'm like, you know, 20 years old, you know, you know I'm just like, oh, it's, you know, it's another job. Let's see what happens. They're going to pay me more than I should ever, you know, more than I should. And I'm just going to be happy and just sign everything before they change their mind. Um, but I started reading through it and I'm like, holy crap. And then uh, I remember like the player association. So I actually became on the coaching staff and I was traveling to all the minor league teams and helping out a lot of the guys down in the minors and also in the majors um, with, with just different things, hitting analytical clubhouse travel and you know hiring a bunch of people to do uh to kind of do some of that as well um and and created that new job uh for them so i did that for one year it was a lot at 20 years old i was still in college i actually found a way to get school credit for all this as a quote unquote co-op or working on the job um type program Granted, my counselor was a giant Tigers fan, so that helped a lot with approval on the job. Um, so I got credit for that, but I was kind of burned out of that. Told Nev, Phil Nev, and then I was like, hey, I'm not going to come back. Uh, and he he actually helped me out getting something with the Reds. So I was with the Reds for a season because I was in the I was I was going to school at Cincinnati University of Cincinnati. Go Bearcats! And um, you know, it was right down the street, so I I just did you know, a little bit with the Reds for that one season and really kind of got burned out of it um, because it's weird when you're in it, you know, I was doing my dream job um, being with these guys, but when you're in it every day, you know, 14 hours a day, it becomes work. Yeah. And I'm talking one day off a month, like yep. eight months where it is a grind. So got out of it, you know, went, finished my, finished school. Um, you know, did did a couple of jobs in between this. Um, but then I got I was talking to Jimmy over at the road show one day and 
you know, he was building out what, what, you know, what is, what today is the road show. And, you know, I was just like asking him for advice. I was like, dude, I think I want to do cards full time. I was like, if you know anyone higher and remote, let me know. And, and Jimmy's eating a peanut butter sandwich, I think, and chewing apples while we're on a FaceTime. He's like, I, how about, how about you join the road show? And I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, I'm like join our team. I'll fly you in tomorrow. I was like, well, Jimmy, I got a full-time job. I can't fly in tomorrow, but maybe if I give them a week, <laughs> I can uh, I can swing that and, you know, join the Roadshow family. Um, I'm a breaker for us. I do a couple other projects that we do, um, you know, a couple, you know, helping out with building out some of these different locations um, that we have going um, around the country. And, and uh, yeah, and now I'm here doing what I absolutely love. So uh, full circle. I absolutely love it. I love that. And for the moral of the story for everyone listening is that if you find yourself in a situation like Jim with Big Bat Boy at 13 and he worked himself up into clubhouse manager or clubhouse assistant. And then he noticed that there was a lot of things that need instead of asking, he just went and did them and went from, you know, a guy that might not have gone anywhere if he just stuck in his lane to to filling every need that needed to be done where he became indispensable and worked his way up into a dream job. And then, of course, like all dream jobs, you know, it sounds nice on the outside and then the work starts and then you're like, mm -hmm. oh, you know, like breaking. Breaking sounds super nice. And the breaking mm -hmm. part is super fun. And then you get to the sleeving and top loading or card savoring and shipping everything. And then it's like, ooh, not as fun as the breaking part. Um, and so, like, every job will become, you know, a job at some point or another. But uh, the cool thing about Jimbo's story is that he went from a bat boy, noticed everything that needed to be done, just did it, and worked his way up all the way onto a coaching staff of the Major League Baseball team um, at the age of 20. Yeah. And then... Yeah. From there, worked his way into his real dream job, co-host of Dingin' Corners. Exactly. You know, I mean, that's what I was really building, um, you know, for the last couple of years, the last 10 years is to get to where we are today, co-hosting Dingin' Corners with our dude, Nate. Love it. Absolutely Love it. stoked. So Love it. And, yeah. and all joking aside, um, we are actually really stoked to be doing this because Jimbo loves baseball. And he's had experiences that I have not gotten to have. And I love baseball. And so we get to like mesh that together into one sweet, sweet podcast for all of you guys and get, you know, a, a couple different flares because some things that I really like, maybe Jimbo doesn't like. And um, some things that Jimbo likes, like he's had experience watching video. I can watch video. I can say, hey, I like that dude swing. That's about all I can do, <laughs> you know? Um, so uh, it'll be fun. It'll be fun to get in here and get him going. And we are actually going to get going today. Uh, we use some time to introduce him. And I do think we are going to go with a Jimbo Stories series. So oh, maybe every that. week we take like five minutes for you to tell a different story from your uh, coaching, managing, clubhouse managing days or even Bat Boy days. And then uh, we will get into our main subjects. And our main subject for today is Top Series 1. So many of you know Top Series 1 came out. You're listening to this on Friday, if you're listening to it when it comes out. Maybe Saturday, maybe Sunday. 
But Top Series 1 came out on Tuesday the 15th, Wednesday the 16th. Right? Yeah, Wednesday the 16th. Mm -hmm. I almost thought today was Wednesday. I'm looking at the calendar and it says 17. Um, And uh, we both had very different experiences with it because I got to go to the premiere party. Humble brag, no big deal, whatever. (laughs) And uh, Jimbo got to open case after case after case after case after case of it. Absolutely. and I got to imagine that our experiences are a little bit different. So I want to talk about those experiences. Um, and then we can talk about the uh, the set itself a little bit. Now, uh, hand up. I looked at the checklist a while ago. Um, and now I don't exactly remember who's on the checklist. I know it's Wander. I know it's CJ Abrams. I know Brandon Marsh is on there. I know Jaron Duran. I know my boy Aaron Ashby. But after that, I can't really remember anybody. Oh, yeah. I got it pulled up right here, man. I, I, uh, I'm i really bad about looking at the checklist before a release. So a lot of times when I'm breaking, I'm like, oh, I didn't realize this guy's in there. And it makes it more fun. Uh, and it creates talking points. But, no, I got it pulled up here. There, it, it's a, You said C.J. Abrams? Uh, not CJ, not CJ. I'm sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, uh, uh, Vidal Bruhan. There you go. Yeah, I was wondering. I was like CJ. I was like, did he? No, he was hurt last year. But no, I love it. I love it. No, it's a good one. It's a good. Uh, it's a good checklist here. I was thinking secondary shortstop with a team that has an amazing shortstop already. <laughs> I mean that that is the Rays and the Padres. If you you know if you sum it up. Yep. Um, so let's talk about which one should we go with first? My experience or your experience? Go for it, Nate. All right. So let's talk about the top series one premiere party. Um, Alex from tops, uh, game worn guru was kind enough to get slab stocks an invite. So, uh, I went with Mr. Noak, our film guy, also Aaron's dad. And we, um, we did some interviews. We got the feel of the, uh, the night and uh, it was a great experience they had an open bar they had people walking around with hors d'oeuvres they had a whole food line where people were serving you they had brisket mac and cheese roast Mm. turkey um beef tenderloin which i can't eat beef i'm allergic to it but it looked good um or not allergic to it but it does not sit well with me uh i'm not gonna like die if i eat it um and then they had like Beef fajitas, chicken fajitas, chips and guac, all that good stuff. And again, an open bar. Um, so, you know, that was, that loaded, was pretty cool. That was pretty that's cool. a loaded checklist in itself. That is that is a loaded checklist in and of itself. Uh, and so we got there and we're standing outside. And once you know, Jimmy and Tracy, also from the uh, from the Kentucky Roadshow, Tracy Hackler, who... Uh, Worked for Panini, walked into a Tops event for the first time, and it seemed like knew everybody and their moms. It was crazy. <laughs> Sounds about right. Um, so uh, we meet them outside, talk to them for a while, and then Alex comes over and he's like, hey, got some pretty cool stuff. You're going to get some cool stuff on the way in. And so walk up to the thing, get to meet Jeremy from Tops, very nice guy, great mustache, and... Uh, he gets us our media badges, which was cool. I've never had that experience before. A uh, little side tangent. One time I was in, I was at the uh, American Conference Championship between Memphis and UConn down in Orlando. 
and we got scalper scalpers. We bought tickets from scalpers, box seats uh, for the game, watched it. You have to take an elevator up to the box seats. We go back to the elevator after the game, take an elevator down, and we're like, oh, just ground level. And he brings us down to ground level, and we walk out, and all of a sudden we're in a hallway. Not the same place we entered the the elevator, by the way. But we enter a hallway with a bunch of Orlando Magic post or framed pictures on the wall. Going down the hallway, I'm like, uh, this doesn't seem right, but this is where he brought us. So, okay. Start walking along, and there's people with media badges everywhere. And I, I have three different options. I go left, straight, or right. Straight said, um media room conference room whatever i'm like well probably not that way so let's go right and then there's people walking out right so i'm like okay let's go left and i'm like actually let's go right so i start going right and there's these double doors and i walk in and i turn and there is the memphis cheerleading squad getting a picture and right behind them is the court because i walked out into the tunnel (laughs) dude i love that just act like you know what you're doing and i'm like uh, we're not supposed to be here. And we go back to the elevator and the guy's there and he's like, I'm so sorry. I brought you down to the wrong level. <laughs> like, no, duh. <laughs> so those people with media passes got my own media pass. So that was, uh, that was an exciting moment for me. Kind of full circle also. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe one day I'll get to go back to, uh, Orlando magic, uh, arena. And I forget what it's called now. And, uh, uh, do a media thing there. That'd be funny. That would be awesome. So we walk in and they hand us hidden cards, like a card with a in a in a in a case with a piece of paper over the top. And I look at mine and it's Ryan Sandberg. Um auto number to ten. And then Mr. Noak looked at his and it was Shoyotani. Oh man. Uh auto number to ten. And I'm just like, goodness gracious, that and there was Tatis, there was uh, Miguel Cabrera, Maybe. Jimbo got a Miguel Cabrera sent his way. Yep. There was, excuse me, there was Freddie Freeman, Mike Piazza, Pete Alonzo, Ichiro. I would have loved an Ichiro. I me could too. imagine. Um, and so we got those. That was really cool. A little like door prize. And then went through the night. Ryan Sandberg opened up the first card or the first pack. And then they gave packs to everyone. Everyone got to open up multiple packs. Um, and then we just, you know, talked, mingled the rest of the night, five to 8 PM. And then went back and they gave everyone a bag on their way out. And in the bag was a sweet top series one bat mug. You ever seen those bat mugs? Yeah. 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 Um, fun Luke. fact, my brother used to live in winter Haven, Florida, and he, I bought him a bat mug. And then the shipping came from winter Haven, Florida to winter Haven, Florida. Oh, he lived cool. like two minutes away from the bat mug place. Um, so that was cool. And then and it's a it's a small bat mug with the tops premier party logo on it, which was awesome. And then they gave us premier party packs, and then also everyone got a top series one first edition pack. And I pulled oh. in Omar Navaya's uh uh green out of 150 out of my pack. So that was cool because he's Bruce Catcher. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. And uh, the whole night was was very, very awesome. Tops did a really good job. It was kind of one of those once-in-a-lifetime experiences where I didn't think I'd actually get to experience it. But they invited me. I got to go. And they were everyone was super nice. Everyone yeah. I stopped to ask questions to, super nice. Um, they all gave me the time of day. 
Um, everyone from Tops was super nice. So all in all, great experience. And um, I haven't had as much much experience with the cards as Jimbo has. But from a design aspect, I do like the cards. I like the white borders. I like that it's easy to tell the borders. Um, should be easy for grading. And uh, there was a lot of packs opened. And I did not see a ton of wanders. I think there was only a couple wanders in the entire building. So we'll see if my experience was the same as Jimbo's experience. Because from what I was seeing, it was a lot harder to hit wander. And the premier packs we opened and the top series one first edition packs we opened because we both got six packs of one and one pack of the other. So the 12, 14 packs between the two of us, no wanders. Yeah. No, dude, that, that party sounds awesome. Um, man. Yeah. It's like a baseball card dream, you know, mm-hmm. for us baseball card guys. So that was, tops. that was Aaron. Aaron says to me, he's like, can you imagine little Nathan being like, I'm going to a tops party. Yeah. I'm like, no, because you know, I grew up, collecting baseball cards mm-hmm. and, and football cards, not really basketball cards. I had a few chat, you know, a Shaq here or there, um, a Michael Jordan here or there, but uh, mostly baseball and basketball. And it was all baseball. It was, you know, eighties, uh, nineties. And then Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa, mm-hmm. um, Juan Gonzalez, Pud Rodriguez, Barry Bonds, Derek Jeter. And so like, if you had told little Nathan that he got to go to a party and there was going to be a celebrity, I, I would have been expecting, you know, Juan Gonzalez or, mm-hmm. or uh, Derek Jeter or somebody like that. Yeah, dude, it's awesome. No, I'm so glad you got to go. And, and um, I love how they brought you in because I think it's important to to have guys like where you go in and you make content out of it. And, and for the hobby, you you know, because you guys are going to you guys are going to do a YouTube video on it, right? Mm-hmm. Where you get to. You know, people that aren't there get to experience that feel of it because, you know, that's what brings the hobby together. I feel like cool events like that makes us makes it different than it's makes bigger than just cards. Makes it a community. Um, Correct. But yeah, dude. Like, uh, yeah, our, our I would say our experiences are uh, just a little bit different considering I had to take a bunch of Advil this morning because my wrists, my hands are all sore from ripping a bunch of packs. I I gotta say, I did I did like a five hour stream one time. Where I was just ripping, 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 and Aaron was next to me, sleeving everything up. Um, and oh, arms are sore, back is sore, neck is sore, shoulders are sore. So it's it's no joke. It seems like a really wimpy, lame thing to say that just ripping cards. But man, you're hunched over in that chair for hours on end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got to imagine you took a number of uh, leaves or Advils or, you know, something. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, it's just like sports, though. You you don't even – it. you're in the moment and you're loving it and um, you don't even realize it till later. And it's funny because I'm actually going to be doing a bunch of breaks today with uh, a couple cases of it. So it's like, okay, here we go, day two. Um, but, no, man, yeah, the experience different. You know, obviously, as a baseball car guy – absolutely get you get that giddy feeling when top series one comes out flagship you know every time i i remember the first box i open i go super slow and you know i have a community built over on loop where we do our a lot of the the personal breaks that we do and i'm like hey i I always apologize hey i'm sorry i'm going super slow i'm just enjoying this first box seeing this this set because you'll remember it for life i mean you think about it like i go back i saw it the first time i when i first opened the first pack I'm like, this reminds me of 2013. 
the the feel of it, the look of it almost. And it reminded me of that, the 2013 set tops uh top set. Um, but no, it was good. You know, we hit there's a lot of sneaky rookies in there, I feel like. Wander, um, obviously the big chase, Jaron Duran, I like Ashby, Luis Gill, Reed Detmers, Brandon Marsh. Um, so it was fun like looking through that uh with the rookies. Um I my experience with Wander was a little bit different than yours. I, I, I did see quite a bit of the base wander. Okay. Um, just be honest with you, but you know we did we did quite a bit of boxes, and the the parallels were far and few between. How many how many cases would you say you did yesterday? Oof. If you had Honestly, to get, oof, I, at, at least four or five. Granted, we didn't get our shipment until like four p.m. Okay. And um, how many how many boxes per case? So we did jumbo and hobby. Jumbo has six. Hobby has what twelve? Okay. Um, so just trying to get a, a a gauge of how many boxes he did. Say like forty boxes, maybe. Yeah, I would say. I mean, these, our entire other rooms are just filled with stacks of <laughs> all these breaks, um, personal boxes. So, but today I'll have a better understanding because I'm going to do case at a time where it's a case break. So like, that's what's different about when you know. I became a breaker you get to see the collation of it like like oh you know this product you get to see certain things when you see it like holistically rather than just a pack or a box um so i'm excited to see what that looks like um today but yeah it was good but the parallels it's it's interesting i, I don't know is this is the first year where they did the gold foil no so they've had gold foil it's a jumbo um hobby exclusive so you can't get it in hobby boxes but you can get it in jumbo hobbies um and the first year was 2020 top series okay, one right. and the rumor was that the print one was 700 per card so like i hit a boba shet gold foil and the it was rumored that it was 700 now it's one in every two jumbo hobby packs um yeah. you get a gold foil so i gotta imagine the print run on those bad boys is way up yeah, maybe that's why I didn't remember because I there was a ton of them. I remember going through, um, and I can confirm there are gold foils in the tops first edition, um, which is like one and two packs. So like I saw a gold, hit a gold Brandon Marsh out of oof. one of our first edition packs, and I was like, sweet, out of fifty Brandon Marsh, this is awesome. It's not numbered. It's just yeah. gold foil. Because as a baseball card guy, when I see gold. You know, I think 50 immediately, Yeah. you know, when, you know, the golds, anything gold, shiny, anything, you know, 50, 50. Um, so, yeah, so I, that was one thing I saw. Um, but the parallels, man, I love who just the traditional, like the Mother's Day, the Father's Day, the um, the vintage. Like, oh, man, I, I get giddy about that stuff. The, t- Tops does. I absolutely love the short prints. And I love oh, how yeah. they make it kind of tricky. And I always tell people it's like they make it kind of tricky where you don't know it's a short print unless you do your research. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I absolutely love finding them in dollar boxes, people thinking they're just base or something like that. So, um, so yeah, those are amazing. The the Field of Dreams short prints. Oh, my gosh. I almost had a heart like just amazing. Like, like I just love this year was really exciting. Um, but not to go too much in depth because – 
I know we we're at we're running pretty long here. I don't want to be a one hit wonder of a podcast because Aaron might be like Jimbo, you're going too long, too many stories. <laughs> <laughs> Get us in trouble. So, but no, it was awesome, dude. Absolutely excited about Top Series One, and and it's a great product. It's a fun good. Product. I'm I'm glad you, I'm glad you like it. If you've ripped enough and you're still like, yeah, I like it, then uh, I'm excited to get some in hand. I might have to find a might have to find a hobby box one of these days to rip. I always try to rip one hobby box per per release, unless it's just absolutely a terrible checklist like Tops Update last year. Um, but try to rip a hobby box per release just to have a good time. Absolutely. Um, and uh, I I'm I'm there's going to be a lot of base water. Okay. But if, if it's hard to hit, you know, foils, like that was my, my biggest fear. They're not going to, they can't increase the print run on 2022 golds. They can't increase the print run on blacks or anything like that. I mean, they do Mm -hmm. by one and they each year. Um, but father's day blue out of 50 mother's day Mm -hmm. pink out of 50 independence day out of 76. Speaking of which independence day is always my favorite uh parallel last year was just red stars which was pretty lame what is this year's I, I'm, I'm pretty sure it was the blue blue and red if i remember right it's weird man when when you start breaking a lot it kind of all blends together um but i'm pretty sure they did the blue and in red i could be wrong though because I, I haven't i haven't actually looked so uh that is uh that is a cure i'm i'm curious because uh uh yeah, last year's was it was pretty. I don't want to be offensive, but it's pretty pretty disappointing of an Independence Day, especially if you compare it to 2018, which is yeah. just iconic. Um, but I my biggest fear, my biggest fear was that foils would be just printed out the roof. Yeah. Oh, uh, so it is. It is kind of. It is kind of stars still. Okay, you looked it up. Yeah. Um, one... So yeah, it's it's the same deal. Stars on the edges though, at le- instead of all the way around. So at least it has that going for it. Just on the sides instead of the top and bottom. Yeah, I will say though they they did add two this year that two inserts that I absolutely love. Um, the the uh, home field advantage. Oh, like the the downtown. Yeah. Um, similar to the the downtown feel of that that one it i'm very curious on to see what the what the print like how how many are actually going to be out there before well, i start case hit yeah unless um, you got multiple per case i and see then today i'm going to start remembering like stuff like this to i i did see that it's a case hit but i'm just curious on how many cases there are how many are going to be out there compared to our thought process of downtowns, you know, maybe for Panini on, does it, does it have the same feel of the print run or, you know, cause I feel like top series one, it's, it's printed a little bit more than a Donruss or, you know, something in Panini. So before I get too excited about it, but another insert I love that I love that they did was the cleat one that they did the cleats. Oh yeah. I saw, I saw that. Uh, yeah. I forget what it's called. Um, but pretty pretty cool. Now, obviously, I don't know how rare the cleat one is. Is it just a normal insert, or is it a short print insert also? It's just a normal one. Um, okay. I was, I was kind of hoping it would be like the Noir um, sneaker spotlight or whatever they do. Mm-hmm. It's called the flashiest feet. 
for this. Mm. But they're cool because it creates that there's not enough like personal build like um where they the players can show their personalities too much and this is a way I yeah. feel like that kind of starting to that that trend. Yeah. Anything anything that kind of shines a light on baseball in a positive way and like basketball shoes are obviously way up there mm -hmm. uh, amongst things people like to collect and people care about in in, in pop culture and stuff basketball shoes reign supreme and even even for me like i'll get a pair of basketball shoes every once in a while because i like them and i look cool mm -hmm. um uh was wearing was wearing uh russell westbrook why nots uh to uh to the party the other night right um, but you don't get the same thing with cleats. Now, obviously, some of that is because you can't wear cleats every day. Mm -hmm. They've got metal spikes on them. But I do think there's a way they could get these shoes looking really cool. And then you take off yeah. the cleat and just make it into a regular shoe for every day walking around. And people might be interested in it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. Or just make turfs. Just make some turfs of them. Yeah. I'd wear Why them. Not? So pretty cool and um, definitely excited to see where this goes. Obviously, it should be mentioned if you are in the market for buying Top Series 1, wait a little bit, maybe not on packs. If you want to buy packs, do your thing. Um, but if you're looking for singles, wait a little bit. Don't go spending $250 on a Wanda Franco foil so you can say you bought the first one on eBay. Yes, please um, don't. don't. Don't do that. Don't. Don't go spend $10,000 on a Father's Day Blue or anything like that. Wait, see what they settle in at. I'm sure they're going to be very expensive. Like, probably over $100 a piece on a foil for Wander Franco. But, but they're not going to be at $250, I don't think. So, yeah. give yourself some time. Wait like a month. Maybe wait a couple weeks. And then start buying in and uh, see how you can do. Absolutely. No, I, I agree. And I, I know we didn't talk about this beforehand, but I mean, I guess we were shooting some text back, some back and forth last night. But we have, we can, we have two boxes. We're more than, you know, do a giveaway. I don't know if we want to do that on here. Yes, yes, uh, yes. So I, I think what we'll do is we'll run it through the Dinging Corners Instagram page. If you guys are listening to this right now, Dinging Corners Instagram page, D I N G I N G C O R N. ERS um, on Instagram. We will run the giveaway through there, but you guys get the uh, to know here first. You got to go follow and we'll come up with another way. You'll see a post on that in a little bit um, after you listen to this. So, oh, yeah. and, and that is compliments. Those boxes are not compliments of me or slab stocks. They are compliments of Jimbo and of the Kentucky Roadshow. So if you are listening to this, also please follow Jimbo at Jimbro Cards on Instagram and also follow the Kentucky Roadshow shop, Kentucky Roadshow Breaks. Yep, Roadshow Breaks, Roadshow Cards. We got a couple yep. things brewing. Um, a couple posts there, and we'll put those in the giveaway also. So anyways, um, we got that giveaway. And, and it's not hobby boxes. It's Jumbo Hobby. Two Jumbo, um, ship sealed. Um, if if whoever wins does want us to want me to rip them, I, we can work something out. But I, you know, we can ship them sealed so you can enjoy the uh, the the fun of opening packs. Yeah, there's nothing like it. Nothing. I got like it. I got that backpack with those packs in it, 
And I just, I was putting something into the backpack when I found out that there was stuff actually in the backpack. Oh, that's the best. And uh, I was like, well, sweet. I didn't even make it two feet out the door before I was already ripping into the first pack while we were walking. Just a little walking pack. <laughs> walking pack. <laughs> love it. I do this thing. I've got two things that I love. A road donut. <laughs> Go into the grocery store, do your grocery shopping, buy a donut for the drive back to your house. And then also a couple road packs. Go into Target, buy what you need. You see a couple packs, maybe not something nice. Maybe it's like Allen and Ginter or, you know, something like that oh, where yeah. it's just a step low. You know, like, oh, yeah, sure. I'll buy a couple packs. And then you get to the car. You rip those bad boys before you start driving because ripping them and driving would be irresponsible. And uh, you see what you can get. Last time I did that, I hit a uh, short print Ted Williams out of Allen and Ginter. So that was cool. Oh. Or not not Allen and Ginter, Gypsy Queen. Oh, yeah. I'm not a big uh, donut donut on the run guy. I forget what, what you call it. But I'm definitely ripping packs on the go guy. Big ripping packs on the go guy. You got to you got to get on that donut train. I'm not a big donut train guy either. Now that I'm married and um, my wife keeps track of our uh, health for the both of us. So uh, the donuts are very few and far between compared to my single days. Does she track your uh, the, the health of the packs of how many packs you rip? Because I think I'd rather have my wife track my health than uh, than if she saw how many packs I'm ripping. She she should. <laughs> uh, she should. I, I've actually, I've actually been pretty good about that too. Not, not just buying anything I can, you know, not like before walking into target buying 2019 series two, mm. you know, be like, ah, 60 bucks. Like you put a $60 sweatshirt in front of me that I can wear for 10 years. I won't buy it. Same way, dude. Like, but you put three blasters in front of me for $60. I'm like, Oh yeah, it's only sixty bucks. Whatever. Yeah, it's crazy how uh, us card collectors the how we the the how we translate currency in our minds. Yeah, it's wild. I love it. it anyways, um, we should probably wrap that up. Going on forty five minutes here, a little bit over. So Jimbo, thank you. Episode episode two of Dingy Corners two Episode one with you, the co host in the books. Um, appreciate you sharing some of your insight and uh, look forward to more great content. Obviously not a ton of in-depth stuff this week. We had to get, we got to get, we needed to get to know Jimbo. So, um, you know, use time there and then talk a little bit about series one, but no, no real data behind the series one, but we'll get to that in the coming weeks for those of you that enjoy that. Um, Jimbo, any last words? Just want to say thank you for having me. Super pumped. Love that day one is in the books and absolutely stoked to talk some baseball with everyone. Perfect. Perfect. Me too. Uh, us baseball guys got a band together. It seems like anytime mm -hmm. I try to talk baseball with people, they're like, they, they just don't know a ton. Mm -hmm. And so then I feel like if I talk baseball, like I talk baseball with you, I'm either talking down to them or kind of being insulting because, you know, they, they have, they're like, oh, why didn't they do this? I'm like, well, you wouldn't do that because it's stupid, you know, type yeah. of thing. I, um, and uh, this will be great for my yeah. psyche, your psyche, and everyone listening. Oh, I love it. I love it, man. Well, awesome. Thank you very much. I'm pumped. All right, guys. Thank you for listening to today's Sting Corners, and we will talk to you again next Friday. See ya. <laughs>